Welcome to the Choose Life Radio Network. Your host is Jill Taylor. Every week we bring you a candid conversation with someone who's making a difference for the cause of life. And now here's Jill to introduce today's guest on Choose Life Radio. Welcome to Choose Life Radio. I'm Jill Taylor, and I am very excited when I have a guest that I know well. And I know well our guest. Lynette Beatty served with me in pregnancy ministry for a number of years, and I just can't tell you how much I love you, Lynette. I'm so glad to have you with us. Oh, I love you too, Jill, and I'm so excited to be with you. Tell us a little bit about what you did in the pregnancy ministry and and how that impacted you. Oh, wonderful. I got to be part of a dynamic duo (laughs) 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 where I got to work um, right alongside you planning special events, fundraising events to help partners really get a feel for the ministry that we had going on there. And so I was very much involved in all the details of putting together things like fundraising, auctions, and our annual banquet. But then on the other side, I also got to work with the media and social media and things like that and trying to build community awareness for what we were doing. So every center just wants desperately to have someone like you working with them because while the crew is really working on what to do for the woman who walks through the door or the couple who walks through the door saying our only choice is to have an abortion, they need to know that there are people paying the bills and keeping the lights on and opening the door so that they can walk in. So your part, your component was extremely important. And and I wish that for every center, that they have someone as on the key as you are. You really did a fabulous job, Lynette. Oh, thank you. Thank you. And I learned so much. I mean, I remember those first days of working alongside you and even going through the volunteer training as a staff member. And I thought I knew. I thought I knew enough about abortion and about my stand on it to have a conversation with someone. But I tell you, just going through the volunteer training and understanding, oh, wait a minute, how do I feel about abortion in cases of rape and incest? And really diving deep into the scripture and really seeing what the Lord had to say about it really changed my outlook, um, especially having attended an an all-black church at the time and just realizing some of the statistics there and just how important it is to really have a firm grasp on what all of this looks like in a big picture was super helpful. You bring up an interesting topic that I didn't even think we might talk about, but what's the difference? Because in our evangelical churches, no one's talking about abortion. No one's talking about the need to have groups available and and to let the parishioners know where to go. But you're saying also in the black churches, that was a kind of a taboo conversation. Yes, I I can honestly say that I had never really had a conversation about abortion or the impact that it has had on the black community until I came to the center where you and I worked together um, and had the blessing of being around other black women who understood because they were on staff. And so it was almost like we were the we were the lone ones out there with these candles in the darkness trying to explain <laughs> to people this is really an issue and really getting the tools to be able to explain to friends in the black church, hey, look, this is really an issue. And, and many of our women 
are hurting regardless of their skin color, right? But many of our women are hurting and nobody's talking about the pain that these things have caused because they're in the church doing these things. They're in the church having had abortion experiences not even 10 or 20 years ago. I'm saying there were women that I realized the longer I worked with the center who had just taken a family member to an abortion clinic and who were sitting right there on a Sunday morning not realizing the impact of their choice and um, of what they felt like was their only choice. But we had a really fun pastor that came alongside of us, didn't we? Uh, he was he was just huge. Walter Moss yes. uh, was his name. And I'm telling you, he made a difference every time he walked into the room. And he brought so many other pastors in to kind of have a, a sharing of this is what they do. This is why they do it. This is how we need to connect. I just say to any pregnancy center out there, please look for someone who will head up the team, who will bring the pastors together and say, let's just do a luncheon here and let's find out what they're actually providing for us. Absolutely. And that would have been your job to make that look fabulous. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. And then in some cases, even being able to help plan things to help train people for post-abortion healing ministry. Because that was huge, too, you know, going behind the scenes and saying, okay, so for the women and men who have been through this, how can we serve them? How can we make sure they know that there's healing in this and afterwards as well? Yeah, a very important thing not to miss as a pregnancy center. You are doing something very unique right now. Can you tell me about the new position that you've taken? Yes. So in addition to being kind of like a lay outreach pastor for the vineyard, uh, the local vineyard church, I'm also um, a part of Vineyard USA in helping them to plan some trainings and conferences for pastors and regional events for leaders. Mm. And it'll be a wild ride, I'm sure. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, that'll that'll keep you pretty busy. And you have a family of some great kids. Tell us about that. I do. I do. So I have four amazing munchkins, as I call them, except two out of four of them are almost as tall as or taller than me. So so I've got um, my boy who is 11. His name is Seth. And then I've got Olivia, who's nine, Michaela who is seven, and bringing up the rear is Judah Rose. She is four years old, going on 40, and boy, is she a spitfire. Well, I'm sure that you can handle all of that, although you you never looked like you were that kind of kid yourself. So that's really cool that you're going to have a, a, a good mixture there in your in your kids growing up as adults. You're doing this as a single parent right now. Tell me about that. Yes, I am. This was not the life that I would have chosen for myself. When you stand at the altar as a young, young, young 20-something, I mean, I laugh all the time and I tell people, you know, when I was at our reception, our wedding reception, I wasn't even old enough to drink. (laughs) Well, that's the good news. (laughs) I couldn't even have champagne if I wanted to. I mean, you know, we didn't drink, but um, I thought, wow, this is kind of wild, you know? So... We moved to South Carolina about five years ago. 
with our eyes wide with promise and excited about this new adventure with three kids in tow at the time. And um, believed that this is going to be a brand new start and it was going to be wonderful. And I was all excited about it. And I really knew in my heart, Jill, that this is what the Lord wanted. I knew in my heart that he was replanting us in South Carolina. You know, just like any couple, I had in my heart that this thing was going to last. I mean, till death do we part. I believed it with every fiber in my being. had read all the scriptures about how much God hated divorce. I remember telling um, my fiance at the time, you know, hey, listen, buddy, you're going to have to die out of this thing. So I hope that you, I hope you're, I hope you're ready because we're in it for the long haul. And so, you know, 12, 13 years later, we've got the whole house packed up, moved away from our family and friends and made our way to South Carolina. And within four months, I realized there was something really wrong with the whole picture. The more I prayed about it and asked God for wisdom, the more I realized that the fabric of our family and the fabric of our marriage was being torn apart. And even though I tried to do all what I knew to be the right things, there are two people who make up a marriage. And so while one of us wanted to hold on for dear life, the other one had made choices and had already decided really before we got to South Carolina, I think, and maybe he didn't realize it in his heart, but sometimes our choices help us to know that, you know what, no, this is really what I want. He had a whole different plan for what he wanted to do with his life. And at that time, I didn't fit into it, and there was no convincing him otherwise. You know, for our listener who's going through something similar, this is um, is really a hard thing to hear because it's a, a strong relationship as far as you're concerned, and you have one baby on the way here, and you're relocating, which is difficult. Yet, obviously, he had been in that area to establish other things, and he found that that was where he wanted to be and probably already had that relationship going. The challenging part was that there was a season where we tried to make it work. We tried to reconcile. We tried to make sense of things. But there's just some times when you're fighting and you're fighting and you're fighting and you're fighting with everything in you and you're holding on by your fingernails. (laughs) You're holding on by your fingernails because we grew up knowing this is not God's best. Divorce is not God's best. Just like single parenting is not his best and sex outside of marriage, these are not his best ideals for us. But sometimes you have to love people enough to let them have the choice. And God, the Father, loves us enough to let us have choice. And I think that sometimes is the more difficult thing because sometimes we think that if we love somebody, then we'll just keep fighting for them. But sometimes when you do that, you're fighting, you end up fighting yourself. And, you know, at the time we didn't have, we only had the three. We didn't have Judah Rose. And so in those attempts to make things work, I was not wise. And so I remember finding out that I was pregnant in the middle of our whole life falling apart. And I remember this distinct moment where I said, if I didn't know what I know from working in pregnancy center ministry, I know where I would be. 
And that was a hard realization. It is. I'm sure it's a very difficult decision for any woman or man who really values life and feels like there's got to be a way out of this issue. Surely it can be taken care of. We can do this quietly. No one needs to know. We can go and have an abortion, and that is going to be at least off the record. We don't have to deal with that anymore. But the reality is, little Judah, I mean, the reality is what joy has she brought in your life? I remember looking through the scriptures one day. I was reading through, you know how you do the read through the Bible in a year plan or whatever. Well, I was so desperate that I decided I wasn't going to read through it in a year. I was going to try and get through the whole thing in four months. (laughs) Because I just, I just... Speed read. Yeah, speed read. Because I was so utterly alone. I didn't have family here. I didn't have friends here. I've got these three little ones that I'm trying to, I mean, I'm barely, like I'm crawling out of the bed to get them food, crawling back in the bed because I just can't do the day, right? Until, you know, I would turn the scriptures on and I would just listen until I felt like Jesus gave me enough strength to go and do the next meal with them. In one of these times of me reading, I happened to be in Genesis where Leah, Jacob's wife, keeps giving herself to her husband. And every time she does, she says, maybe this time he'll love me. Maybe this time he'll see me. Maybe this time. And so she does this for a series of three pregnancies. And every time she gets pregnant, she has this in mind until the fourth time. And the Bible says that because she was unloved, because God saw that she was unloved, he blessed her with children. So the fourth time, you know, she finds that she's pregnant and she says, and this time I will praise the Lord. And she named that fourth child Judah. And I'm reading the scripture and I just found out that I was pregnant. And I just said, Lord, are you kidding me? (laughs) I mean, sometimes you read the scripture and sometimes the scripture reads you. And I knew in that moment that God would not let me go and he would not let me and the kids go. And he was right there. And this was a call for praise. And so I determined in my heart that from that moment on, I would never question him for the blessings that he gave me, even if I had to co-parent rather than parent as a married woman, that he would be good and faithful And it changed my entire perspective. It changed my perspective on the divorce. It changed my perspective on co-parenting. It changed my perspective on life, on forgiveness even. We're going to come right back on Choose Life Radio and hear more of this incredible story with Lonette Beatty. So it's January 2023. I want to make you aware of a great opportunity extended to Choose Life Radio in celebration of the new year. An anonymous contributor who believes deeply in this ministry has committed to a matching gift of 25000 throughout the month of January. This donor couple is matching dollar for dollar every gift given to Choose Life Radio during January. Your gift of $50 becomes 100 Your contribution this month for 1000 becomes 2000 more. Whatever you give will be doubled. Time is of the essence, so please send your gift right now. 
You can make your gift using your debit or credit card at chooseliferadio.com. Just tap the donate button on the upper right corner of the page and follow the prompts. Or you can mail your check today to Choose Life Radio Network, P.O. Box 36622, Canton, Ohio 44735. May the Lord bless you as you double your gift in support of life. Welcome back to Choose Life Radio. I'm Jill Taylor. Our guest today is Lonette Beatty. If you have missed even a minute of our program the first half, go back and listen. I know you know someone who needs to hear this story, someone who's going through a divorce, someone who is dealing as a Christian with loss that they don't want. They, it's not their choice. And so take this beautiful story that Lynette is telling us and share it. Share it with your pastor. Your pastor might need to hear this so that he knows how to deal from the pulpit with those who are going through this kind of a tough thing. Lynette, I'm so grateful to know you as deeply as I do. And then because of that, you just keep making my eyes fill with tears as you share your story, because I I would do anything for you not to be hurt. And yet, um, this is a very painful story that you're sharing. Talk to me a little bit more about how the kids, how you managed the divorce, and what their feelings have been, how they've been caring for you as well as wanting to be a part of their dad's life. Well, one of the things that the children and I talk about often is that everyone has heart wounds. Everyone. Daddy has wounds in his heart, and Mommy has wounds in her heart. And if we go through life unhealed, then we live from those wounds instead of living from a place of abundant life and healing. And so we talk often about the hurts, the owies in our hearts, so that we can move through them and past them and move toward forgiveness because even though daddy made some poor choices and mommy made some poor choices, sometimes we're doing that because we didn't have our hearts healed. And so what I try and do is encourage them, you know what, let's walk through this together, even if it means we're screaming and if that means that we're shouting, if that means, you know, we're throwing ice cubes, <laughs> you know, onto the hard ground because we've got some anger that we've got to get out. So we've had lots of conversations about how our hearts hurt and how this needs to get turned around, you know. Um, we draw lots of pictures. We sit in our pain and we invite Jesus to come into it with us as opposed to just shutting down our pain and stuffing it. That's really important for our listener because of the fact that sometimes we try to put a mask on it and, and the kids are knowing that there's something very sad going on and they can hear even the, the conversations late at night that are angry conversations but if you try to pretend <laughs> that everything's just fine, you don't have to be worried at all, dear child. That's not fair to that child. It, there has to be an understanding of right now, mom and dad are really struggling with each other. We've got things that we don't agree on. And so sometimes just like when you don't agree with your sister and you begin to yell at each other, we may yell a little bit. But the important thing is we've got to solve some of these problems. And being able to verse that for a child to understand, then when they hear those arguments, they're, they're just not panicked and afraid that, 
oh, something terrible is going to happen. They're slowly involved in the steps that you are taking. Yes, that's exactly right. Lonette, you mentioned earlier that you had been in the in Scripture and you had a verse that was very, very powerful for your last-born Judah. I'd love to have you tell our listener and me, how did God really intervene in your life during this time of great pain and great loss and great uncomfortableness in knowing how to handle this for your children and your husband? Yeah, those are great questions. Well, for one, he constantly let me know that I was never alone. I would have people show up on my front doorstep that I barely knew, and they would bring me a potted plant. (laughs) I would just be like, what is this for? And I remember one woman in particular, she brought me um, a crocus bulb. And Jill, you don't know this about me, but I cannot keep a cactus alive. But as I studied in the scripture about crocus bulbs, it was all about the Song of Solomon and how the time to bloom would come and that the beloved would come, you know, riding upon the hills and all of these things. And I'm like, Lord, of all the scriptures to to have me read, why the Song of Solomon? This is a terrible idea. But it was a constant reminder of his love for his bride and that he is the one bridegroom that never fails. And he wouldn't let me off the hook, even though I would have days when I was sad or days when I was angry and days when I was feeling really resentful. He wouldn't let me get away with it. He would lead me to a verse about forgiveness. And it was like, why? Why won't you just let me sit here? And one verse in particular in John where um, Jesus is being confronted by Martha, who's really quite angry with him because Lazarus died. And Jesus said to her, take me, show me where you've laid him. And Jesus would tell me, show me where it hurts, show me where it hurts. And he would sit there with me, Jill, and, and I, it's almost like I could see him cry with me. But then he would say, and now it's time to get up. You can have your moment, and now it's time to get up, because you've got to work this forgiveness into your heart. You've got to forgive me, first of all, for not meeting your expectation that this whole thing was going to work out. And you've got to forgive me for this feeling of being abandoned, you and these four kids. And so he would work these things through with me, and I would then work them through with my kids. As the little bit that I was learning, if he would give me a morsel of bread, I would then turn around, eat my little piece, and give it to them. You have such good advice in just telling your story. There's so much good advice. But for the person who's going through divorce right now, maybe they're angry, and maybe they're actually to the point of saying, I don't care if I ever see you again, the kids aren't going to see you, all of those things that come out of the hurt. What's your advice? Can you give them a word or even a prayer right now? The first thing I would say is take a deep breath. Just take a deep breath. Jesus breathed on the disciples and said, receive the Holy Spirit. And so breathe in, breathe in as deeply as you can. And when you breathe out, breathe out all the yucky stuff in this moment. So that's the first thing that I would say. And the children and I do it all the time. And the other thing I would say is, don't turn away. Don't turn away from the pain. 
and don't turn away from the light that comes from the Father's face because that's the only way you're going to be able to face what's hard. I have found that my relationship with my ex-husband, we actually have a great friendship, and he's a better father now than he was back then. And that's because of God working forgiveness in my heart and in the heart of my children. And it's, it's one way that he can redeem the lost things. Well, I am looking forward to your book someday. You've got to write one. <laughs> it's really a, uh, a wonderful thing to hear this story. And I, I hope our listener can share it, as I've said before, because there is a lot of divorce in the church a lot of people struggling with their mate and just wishing that they could talk about it with someone, but feeling like, no, they will think we're not Christians or they won't forgive us for that. So this story is a story of redemption that only God can give us, and we have to take it to God. And therefore, the church has to be a place where we can go. It's the idea that God provides us a place in the church to open up and be real and be accepted. And you have certainly done a great job of that, Lynette Beatty. Thank you so much for being with us today as our guest. Thank you. It's been fun, Jill. Well, I can't imagine that it's been fun. I think it's been painful. (laughs) But you know what? Fun is a good word because I think you probably use that a lot with your kids. We're going to do something fun. We're going to enjoy the day. And it's probably a great word for us, my listener, and for me to say, even when I'm having a bad time, I think I need to look for fun. Lynette Beatty, thank you for being here on Choose Life Radio. Dear listener, we're going to look forward to seeing you next week for another wonderful interview right here on Choose Life Radio. The preceding program was sponsored by the Choose Life Radio Network of Canton, Ohio.